Welcome Sacramento soccer fans to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host Luis and today I am joined by the SOTR team. We got Sharon and Jared here. First, let's go over to you Sharon who's currently entertaining her cat or as we call him also podcast cat. How are you? Hey, I'm I'm good. Uh, um, everything is good here. Just for anybody who wants to know how I'm entertaining my cat so it doesn't annoy us during the podcast is I have these little soap bubbles and I am literally blowing bubbles in my house so my cat can be entertained <laughs> by soap bubbles while I record a podcast with you guys. Jared, how's it going? Oh, doing good. Uh, and thankfully all dried out from last Wednesday's match down in Tucson, uh, which uh, finally, ha- finally happened. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, after... Uh, we, we discuss uh, the Pittsburgh match, of course. Meanwhile, Sharon's uh, busy recreating the Lawrence Welk show over there with, uh, with, with her cat. <laughs> Man, thankfully, without the polka, so. <laughs> and I am old enough for the Lawrence Welk show. When it first started out, it was for the crowd that was over a certain age. And when I was young, it was like, oh, there's no way I'm listening to that. And so <laughs> now, <laughs> hey, I'm cool. Also, West Ham, whenever there's something exciting, going on in there so i'm re- actually recreating the west ham experience forever blowing bubbles um ah. so yeah so we'll go with that one instead of lawrence welk we'll do west ham because they actually won over the weekend um and i'm thrilled for them because you know i'm kind of a closet west ham fan and i know carlton cole will not be listening to this but if he does it's like dude i am on your side i'm on your team it's and I'm rooting for for West Ham, especially this new guy called Skamaka um, that they signed recently. He's insane. If you get a chance to watch a West Ham match, um, Bowen and Skamaka, they're just outrageously incredible. So um, keep an eye out for that guy. And if you're if you play fantasy football, F-U-T-B-O-L, if you're saying it in Spanish, um, if you're playing fantasy football, pick Skamaka. He's going to do good things. All right, we'll, we'll have to do. And of course, I'll have to pull up the, uh, the Peacock app uh, sometime this weekend uh, if there's a match going on. Luis, how are things going on in your side of the woods? Uh, they're going good. Uh, just getting acclimated to California weather again, because as uh, some of you and some of y'all might not know, I, I was actually up in Utah uh, last week, and I am greatly missing the weather, which was much better than we have here. But thankfully, it's supposed to be going down to the 80s here for us. But uh, yeah, it's it's October. We should be having much cooler weather and no one should be turning their AC on anywhere. But hey, here we are. <laughs> All right. Well, I know y'all have a good amount of glasses of gratitude. So let's go ahead and Get those mentioned. I think maybe Jared has a couple more. So let's go ahead and go with you, Jared. All right. Well, I've definitely got some uh, glasses of gratitude uh, coming from Pima County. Uh, first of all, to uh, to Scott for making the trip and, of course, uh, bearing with the monsoon conditions that we were forced to endure uh, across the street at their, at uh, FC Tucson's uh, little tailgate. Uh, yeah, ba- basically... We had we had just gotten to the food truck. I had just gotten the snoring dog, and he got uh, some quesadilla. And all of a sudden, it just started let, letting out. So we only had a couple of those uh, pop-up canopies to take shelter in. But he said he, he, Scott said he was determined to watch a match. I mean, even if it uh, started all the way at nine thirty, which is the latest they could kick off. And thankfully, they did. Uh, which leads to another uh, the loss of gratitude to uh, SC Tucson's president uh, Amanda. 
who was uh, very hospitable. She was a, she was able to get get us into the clubhouse because there wasn't that many people still left uh, for for the match. But she uh, welcomed us into the clubhouse to get out of the monsoon conditions. Uh, got a little bit of a drink, a drink and, and food. You know, was, was off while we were waiting. So thankfully, um, with FC Tucson's hospitality, we finally did get into the kickoff and watched an amazing match and. We're able to uh, get uh, back to home base. So definitely a big glass of gratitude to the FC Tucson uh, organization and also to uh, Central Valley Fuego for delivering on the win. Uh, the game winner being scored by uh, Christian Chaney, former Sacramento Republic FC player. In fact, he also won goal of the week with that goal. So I think those are just some, some of the big ones I've got right now. Uh, Sharon, how about you? Hey, I have one big one. Stephen Ali, I've mentioned him before. He is the director, I think, of soccer operations. And I I just can't say enough about what he does for the club and how he, you know, encourages the support of the players, of all the players. Um, You know, we digressed a little bit from what I heard and were favoring players over others. And I, I, I think we learned a little bit of a lesson yesterday and he was so gentle in, in sharing that lesson with us. And if you get a chance to check him out on either Instagram or um, Google him, Stephen Ali, uh, he, he's an incredible person, cares a lot for the players. And he also cares a lot for all the, all of the fans. Um, But to have that person in our club is phenomenal. So that is my solo. There's so many more I could mention, but that is my solo golazo of gratitude. And it, and I think it will resonate also with Luis and anybody else who's listening and who understands um, his role with the club and what he's trying to do. Oh yeah. I'm glad you mentioned him, Sharon. Uh, I also joined you in, in that one as well. And, you know, I was really happy to be able to meet him in person yesterday uh, over at Pete's um, and I've always said his role is really important for the club, and I'm really glad that, you know, this season we were able to to get him, and you know he's doing a, a lot of work for us, so we greatly appreciate that. And as far as my golazo of gratitude go, I mean, I got to go with this one first. Major golazo of gratitude out to Sharon for picking me up at the airport, taking me to the game, gave me a ticket to the match, uh, taking me to Pete's taking me to her home so I can get picked up <laughs> there and all that. It was a great afternoon and, you know, really, really enjoyed that. So thank you so much for, for that. And of course we made it on time. We got to be one of the first thousand people, which uh, the team was giving out these seat cushions, which Sharon didn't really like. I mean, I, I was like, all right. I mean, at least uh, I didn't sit in a hot seat. So <laughs> they were more like a fan. <laughs> Because the minute you sit on them, there's no cushion left. It literally, I mean, maybe if you were a four pound child, it would work okay. But if you're anywhere, anywhere between 130 and 230 pounds, that isn't a seat cushion. It was like sitting on a a pancake, literally, you know, because, but I'll tell you what, most people were using them as fans because it was so stinking Mm. hot and there was no relief. I mean, there was just like, or I, I cannot wait for the day when we actually have a stadium with an overhang so that we can have shade, you know, it's Sacramento who builds a stadium without an overhang. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Luis. I shouldn't, I'm not going to be, I, I got to get out of that attitude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the new stadium, hopefully the, there will be some shade and 
I'll gladly pay a little bit more for that seat if <laughs> if it's there. In fact, they're probably going to be sold out in that section for sure. <laughs> well, another golazo of gratitude out to you, Sharon, for actually um, getting my name up there at halftime for my birthday. Shout out. That was really great. And, and one more out to Connor for uh, mentioning something like along the words of like, happy birthday to my friend. Uh, and I don't remember the exact words, but... Thank you so much, man. I, we really appreciate that. And I know he did the same last year as well. So it's it's always awesome when, uh, you know, your fellow friends uh, give you a shout out like that as well. It's also and- awesome when you are considered the favorite child of the of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jared and I, you know, it's kind of like we're just, you know, the regular <laughs> announcement of birthdays. But man, you're you're the man. You're my friend. <laughs> so go Connor keep shouting him out man he's the youngest in our family I'm the oldest Jared's the middle child and Luis the baby of the family man he gets a special treatment he gets spoiled yeah although someday I won't be the baby we'll have someone else younger than me so we could keep this going while I retire to family life or you know I get rotated around because I have family by then but (laughs) Well, now that we're on the topic of birthday, another colossal gratitude out to uh, everyone who wished me a happy birthday yesterday at Pete's. That was really appreciated and really felt really good to be able to be back home and still have um, a birthday celebration of sorts. I mean, my birthday was earlier last week, but I literally headed out to the airport next day. So there wasn't that much in-person celebration for me there. So there you have it. That's what we have for this week's Colossals of Gratitude. All right. Well, uh, before we talk about the game, and this is something that, you know, Sharon and I were a bit surprised as we got to the stadium, but we need to mention it. The situation with parking, right, Sharon? The team should have probably mentioned something about the fact that Aftershock was actually going to have their parking at the and same spot the that we show. park at. <laughs> and the home and garden show. And they didn't tell us that the parking oh. was going to be nasty. So we had people that didn't even come to the game. We were texting in the background Luis and uh Mike and Chris they just said forget it we're not gonna deal with a ha- trying to get through for a half hour my sister took her a half hour to get through any kind of parking and then you know she was way out in Timbuktu um so she got there at what halftime do you think Luis yeah probably close to yeah it, it was it was bad I don't want to bag on them too much because they I think they quickly realized their mistake I was talking to somebody in you know in the upper management and they had mentioned that they very quickly they realized what their mistake was you know of not notifying any of the fans or doing any kind of outreach in advance to kind of warn us to get there early so I kind of want to set that aside they know what their lesson was um and and they're not going to make that mistake again ever. Well, it's uh, just part of uh, growing uh, as a major club. I mean, this is something that uh, large organizations, especially here in in downtown Phoenix, uh, go through whenever there's an event at both Footprint Center and next door at Chase Field. It it happens. It's just uh, an unfortunate situation, but I'm glad that uh, Republic FC kind of took notice of what's happening and hopefully uh, forward moving, things will be a little bit more improved. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that game, man. This game was strangely weird. Opportunities were there, but hot. <laughs> what was your opinion, Luis? <laughs> what happened? It's like the heat got to the players, right? Even though it wasn't 100 degrees is what it felt like. But I don't think it should have fit them. But at the same time, they were wearing a black jersey 
along with the heat. So I felt kind of bad for them. I don't know why we didn't just decide like, hey, let's wear a red jersey. We could have done that, right? The opposition has yellow, but uh, yeah. We could have worn our white. Yeah. We could have worn our whites. Yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. Missed opportunity, especially knowing that what the weather is going to be like and, and whatnot. But I think, you know, uh, starting lineup wise, though, uh, everyone was great except Dougie. And I know this is like a shared uh, opinion, probably by a lot of fans out there. And certainly, you know, uh, some of us are in the section and I, I probably wouldn't have started him. I, I think that he does better when he comes off the bench personally, right? When we need him there. But, and, you know, I'm going to sound like a big Malik Foster fan, just like, uh, again, others of us there in the section. But I think it would have been nice to see Malik start this match. And, you know, it's one of those things where he's been doing much better. And I think he deserves more, more of the starting role. What, what do you guys so think? So I know. So, so here's, I've been thinking about this all night long, especially after having the conversation with Steven. And mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes uh, you, you got to give, you got to give the guy, um, you, you got to give Dougie a chance to gain his confidence back. And I think by allowing the start for him, because I, Malik, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure he's well rested and all that other but they still have one more match and then playoffs. So, you know, we're balancing a lot of that and we're trying to build Dougie's confidence. He is fully aware and the team is fully aware and his teammates are fully aware of all of what's going on and the public opinion, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm going to soften that opinion of, of Dougie. I, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to take it back a notch because when he first started playing for us, he was on fire. I mean, his, he could outrun everybody and he was doing a lot of the work and then something, something changed, but it could change back. And mm-hmm. so I'm hopeful that the change back is part of what we might be seeing in having him start. You know, maybe there's something going on at training that we're not aware of, of his commitment to run, you know, and work mm-hmm. hard. Maybe there's a specific role they really want him to play. Maybe they don't want him him to double back maybe they want him to press their uh their defense and push their defense back into you know their own zone so that he can be leaning into not quite an offside position but the minute he breaks out and breaks free he's very dangerous because he's got a really good cross let's face it how many crosses did that man make yesterday that were beautiful they were perfect slotted right in front of the goal and there was nobody to finish it come Mm. on count them. I saw them, you know, that it was happening like right in front of me for a good part of the game. And then you guys probably saw the, you know, when we were attacking on the other end. So I, I think that there's, I think there's something going on. I think there's going to be a, you know, a little bit of a shift in his confidence. Mm -hmm. We'll see more. His beautiful crosses are amazing with Roro and, you know, with Keko and even Jack Gurr trailing and coming in late. So. Yeah. And do you guys even sense any of that? Why am I sensing it? Maybe it's because, you know, freaking September birthday person, fall birthday, who knows, whatever. Well, you, you always did have more of a deeper insight into the organization and how things go uh, compared to myself and Luis. So I think so I think it's just that at, that added uh, uh, sense uh, that, that you got, you know, just seeing some, some things like that might be out of reach uh, for, for us. So 
it, it could be that. I mean, you definitely see a, a lot compared compared to myself and Luis. Yeah, but I, I do see what you're saying, Churn. I, I think my only issue with Dougie is it's the pressing, right? Because uh, other players put the pressure up front, and there's been a lot of opportunities where he doesn't put any pressure, right? And you know, we're we're seeing him there have an opportunity of at least, you know, uh, come from behind. And I'm not saying he's going to get the ball every single time, right? Because that's not a realistic thing to expect a player to always <laughs> recover the ball. But at the very least, you know, when you're putting pressure up front, you're going to make the opposition make an error, right? It's, it's what I always uh, like to say. And, you know, when you have guys like Malik or Luther who get subbed in and, the moment that they're on the pitch, they're already like putting pressure up front and all that. You kind of want to see that more, right? So I think that is my thing with him because I do agree with you. I mean, he's really good at doing those crosses, right? And he has a good um, connection with Roro. We've been seeing it throughout the season. And so I think, you know, he just needs to try, try a little bit more. And if he does that, then the guy could be the phenomenal player that, I mentioned he was before he joined Sacramento, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys remembered, but oh yeah, when we talked about who we want to, you know, see in Sacramento for this season, I had mentioned him because he had scored against us, right? Especially when he was in San Diego and then his days in Real Monarchs. And so I remember the guy was a pretty good player. And so I think he can be, you know, back to that same guy that he was, the same high goal scorer that we all were really happy to see in Sacramento, but he just needs to make sure to, you know, run a little bit more. And, you know, he has to know that, you know, the expectation again, isn't for him to be recovering the ball. I mean, of course we want him to do so, but to at least be putting that same pressure that his teammates are doing so as well. Right. Because I don't know what his teammates feel like, right. Especially when you see uh, Luther or Malik actually doing that. Yeah. But they, they, they shift the system of play with all of them you, you know so so Keko you know he's he's playing what you know like almost in a, a, a nine uh, or Roro is you know it's kind of weird how they've got them mm-hmm. all situated um but, but Dougie's the guy that they you know force out off to the right hand side you notice he comes more from the right hand side on the on a free ball loose ball to get those crosses in and he they play a different system when they've got Malik or Luther. Luther plays a more direct, straight up the gut kind of a player. He'll run at the guys up the gut, but that's not what they have Dougie doing. So they literally shift the system of play depending on who they've 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 put in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been kind of studying, not studying that a little bit. They they spring Malik differently, and they expect more from Malik defensively than than they do for Dougie because he's got a specific role. Dougie's role is to feed the ball back to the attacking midfielders, um, you know, whether it's Keko, whether it's Rower, whether it's Jack, whether it's Luis Felipe. He sees that sort of stuff. He's got that little weird connection with those guys. But that's not how we play Malik, and that's not how we play Luther. Although we're crossing. So I I think they're to refine the system of play with Dougie on the field to get the most to get the most out of him. Because let's face it, he's how many assists has he had when Roro has been scoring? He he's frequently, you know, there. So, you know, I mean, I get it. I get you. I get it. Anywho, 
let's move off of Dougie and talk <laughs> about the entire uh, situation going on and some brilliant saves that Danny Vidiolo made. And I mean, there were a couple of moments that there were gasps from the crowd because it, you know, the ball was sneaking through and their attack, you know, Pittsburgh was like totally in our throat and Danny mm-hmm. Vidiolo comes up big time, you know, so there was a lot else going on besides Dougie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so Danny was playing against his former Pittsburgh Riverhounds team, right? And, you know, we saw him there at the end of the game, you know, saying hi to all his former teammates, too. So, of course, he probably had some good insights on some of their players and, and what they're like, too. But overall, I mean, the game was really even if we look at the stats, right? Not just with the game, you know, being a 1-1, but, I mean, total shots were both eight. Shots on target, we had one more than they did, three versus two. Possession, 55, 45. So, and even yellow cards, one to each side there as well. So we kind of knew it, right, going into it too. And and you did more than any of us, Sharon, because you got the prediction right too. So <laughs> you, you certainly knew it, it would probably be a low-scoring game and, and a tie there. But, yeah, the first half, I feel like we could have won at halftime. We could have been winning there. We had plenty of opportunities. And I, I mean, I think we've been saying that for a lot of the games that we haven't gotten three points in, right? Like, oh, we could have won the game. And oh, the first half we did better than than they did. And even some games we've lost, right? It's like we, the first half was ours. But I would say the second half was definitely theirs because they did have more opportunities, right? And granted, the red card didn't come until like extra time. So you know, who knows? We could have had more chances and they could have had more opportunities there, but it was a it was a late one. But if we go to uh, our first and only goal that we scored in this match, uh, the penalty kick that we get happened in the 53rd minute where Roro gets fouled. I mean, ever since we saw it, we're like, it's got to be a PK, but you never know what the refs, right? They might call it. They might not call a really obvious one. I know there was a questionable one in the first half that maybe should have been called and uh shout out to ryan strange for actually uh pulling up the fox 40 app and showing the replay to some of us like over and over again and so we were like you know what we think it is a pk after seeing it there but we get the pk and you know roro was the one who got fouled and i think it makes you happy when the guy who gets fouled is the one who also gets to shoot it right because it's like all right he got the pk let the guy shoot it, even though, I mean, Roro probably would have still shot it, whether he would have been fouled or not. And of course, uh, if you have him on the pitch, you got to have him actually pull the shot and in Roro fashion, doing what he does best, which is scoring really great PKs in positions where the goalkeeper can never stop them. Right. So what do you guys think? I was just glad that we got that, uh, that, that goal. I mean, you know, it's always so tense, you know, when you watch a player step up and he was literally, I was literally right behind it. And I, <laughs> I even filmed it, um, you know, right behind the goal there. And it, it just, you know, you never know which way the keeper's going to dive. And you, it's just so nice to see the back of the net rattle, you know, when our guy steps up to take the kick, you know, at the end of the day, it was a, f- yesterday was a full-on team effort just to get the one point so if anybody were to title our podcast it would be everybody gets a point including sac republic jared gets a point Luis gets a point sharon got a point (laughs) sac republic got a point and only one goal so there are a lot of ones out there anyhow yeah i I was 
Yeah, I was also glad that uh, Robo got that PK. Um, I mean, at least we had that going for us. Granted, in the first half, there was the goal that we should have scored but was called off sides, which was rather questionable. And yet, uh, Pittsburgh managed to not get called offside for something that blatantly was. But, you know, once again, it's the refs being the refs. But thankfully, we once again just had Roro doing one of his uh, great, greatest uh, features throughout his career, the PKs. The man is practically a Maytag repairman when it comes to the reliability from the, uh, from the penalty kick line. I mean, you just dead solid perfect on a lot of these. So that definitely helped out. And, of course, unfortunately, uh, whenever we score, the opposition is quick to follow, unfortunately. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned that one, Jared, that, like, uh, end of, like, or almost end of first half offside goal, right, that we probably should have gotten. It, it was a really tough one, right, because, I mean, it all happened really quick. And, of course, in the stadium, we don't get a replay when <laughs> when those situations happen, too. And as we look at it here, I mean, it's kind of hard to even trace the line because of the angle that we have. So, <laughs> yeah, it's. It's tough to know whether it was or not, too, but it looks like it, it would have been really close if it was like one of those, like literally, like centimeter calls. But we'll never know, sadly, <laughs> since we don't have the offside technology there. But yeah, I mean, we, we could have had that opportunity there and talk about a different match if we would have been 1 0 up at halftime, right? I mean, that could have been uh, a lot different, but. We still end up scoring that PK that we just talked about. But sadly, I think some of us were still celebrating when they actually tie us to literally next play. Pittsburgh gets the tying goal. And uh, I want to know how you guys felt uh, after that happened, because I'm sure some people were probably going to go like buy a drink to celebrate after that goal and probably came back and were like, uh, what just happened? We just scored and then I come back five minutes later and. They tie us? What What was that? Yeah, so it was interesting because I was sitting in the VIP area trying to stay in the shade because I don't do well in the heat. Um, and I was sitting with my friends, Bridget and Ted, who actually live in Elk Grove. Um, and Bridget and Ted, it was like we were, when we saw, you know, Pittsburgh score against us, it was like we just turned to each other and it was that common phrase, you have to focus for at least two or three minutes after scoring a goal. It doesn't matter who scores it. Your concentration has to really be keen for the next two or three minutes after any goal scoring opportunity. And it was kind of weird because that goal was scored like literally right after the one we scored. And it was like, dang it. Where was our concentration? It was like that whole, um, the odds of a goal being scored within you know, two minutes of a goal being scored. That was so true. It was like such a prediction. It was like, dang it. But, you know, it happened. Can't change it. Yeah, defensively, I mean, we could have done a lot more, right? I mean, it was a look at the pass, right? Look at the assist to the goal. That ball should not have like crept through. We left way too much space right there too. And, you know, Connor Donovan there was the one who was supposed to be marking the man, but... He also had number nine that he also had to worry about. So someone was not out back helping him there. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where he couldn't do anything after that <laughs> because you got the man in front of you and he's already gone, you know, a couple of steps beyond you. And now he's got Danny in front of him and he could pull that shot and score. 
So again, little things that I'm sure coach is going to take a look at because we keep saying this could kick us out of playoffs. One little mistake like this, and it could be a one nil game where you had more shots, whatever we're out, even if we're at home. So little things that need to be fixed and little things that we need to be focusing on. So, but, but I gotta say, you know, I'm really enjoying watching um, Duke and, you know, Connor Donovan and Dan Casey all together yesterday, you know, we've been missing one or the other or whatnot. And it was nice. It was nice to see the three of them because we don't have Lee Desmond anymore. So, you know, we're, we're relying on Duke and Connor and Dan, um, the, you know, three, three back line. And I, I thought that for the most part, they, they did a good job during the game. I mean, there was one, there were a couple of times that the turf wasn't kind, you know, they slip and that kind of crap. Um, but you know, overall I'm, I'm still enjoying our, our defensive priority. I'm still enjoying what Matt LaGrasa brings, you know, by plugging up the gaps and, you know, Luis Felipe, um, you know, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's break down a little bit of um, how you guys were seeing was Luis Felipe, the old Luis Felipe, that, you know, reliable restart the thing, sneak in for an attack possibly. Did you see a little bit of that more yesterday? Just curious. Cause I kind of did. What did you guys see of Luis Felipe? Did you see that that hard nose, you know, defensive midfielder slash sneaking into the attack guy? Yeah, it seemed like he was he was getting in there, you know, almost like uh, earlier on in the season. He definitely helped with uh, some uh, opportunities. It would have been even better if if he, you know, brought back the open cup, uh, Luis Felipe, but. I still say he's doing he's doing good uh, this uh, deep in the season. Uh, I I just hope that we can uh, get some e- even more uh, flashbacks of of uh, old uh, either this coming weekend or when the playoffs start. But yeah, it's little by little they, uh, the the team is starting to gel back again. I mean, ever since the uh, disappointment in Orlando and then the couple of recent losses, I think we, we're seeing a bounce back. I mean, especially since. You know, against a uh, tumultuous and tough team like Pittsburgh, I mean they're they're doing their their best for a deep playoff run. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But I, I'm liking this uh, so far as far as where we're going. This is this is progress. Yeah, I saw a little bit of uh, Luis Felipe also, and you know, I I did see some of those famous um, you know Luis Felipe tackles. <laughs> make a reappearance too which is always great because we know that the guy the guy can go at it right when it comes to tackles and you know it, it's great and all but of course he needs to be careful not to pull a red card <laughs> from one of those tackles but you know i i'm starting to see that you know guy with the hustle you know the guy that we know is always going to be there and putting up pressure and making sure that we recover those balls and putting up those shots but I'm with Jared. Hopefully we see the open cup, Luis Felipe again, you know, having those uh, missile shots and, you know, getting us some goals as well. But, you know, I, I think it's good for him to be back in form and to, you know, have that confidence back in him because we know that a motivated Luis Felipe is a, a really great player that, you know, could potentially be, you know, re- making a comeback to MLS sometime. So, yeah, I noticed that too, Sharon. Well, that was that. What one one? Uh, what was the scoreline for this game too? And uh, another topic that I think we, you know, we mentioned 
quite often and it maybe might be more of a issue for myself too when we're losing or when we're tying and we desperately want the win and we know how important it is and that is the substitution time right i mean the first sub didn't come until the 73rd minute so i want to know what you guys think if you guys were coach would you have done the subs earlier because i feel like i probably would have done the subs maybe in the 60th minute literally just minutes after you know you you just got tied but what, what do you guys think i think because of the heat and because they did not take hydration breaks i think i would have done the sub sooner although our guys are pretty tough when it comes to the heat you know we train in it all the time <laughs> and let's face it we've had one of the hottest summers here in you know sacramento you know in a long time but i do we were we were clock watching we were looking for the subs to come in a little bit sooner but I, I think he was just trying to get, so here's the deal. They don't play again until next Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they have more time to recover than they have had in a while, you know, with these Wednesday games and all mm-hmm. this other. So I think the coach was literally trying to get the last bit of juice, you know, when you ring the washcloth until <laughs> it just, you know, you get the last drip out of it. It's I, you know, the <laughs> bottle of, uh, whatever you're drinking and you just shake it until there's <laughs> nothing else in there. I think he was really seriously. I think he was trying to get the last bit out of his starting lineup and before he did the subbing. So it's kind of, you know, it is what it is. He got the subs and I know you always like it a little bit sooner. And so does the, the people that I was sitting with and everybody <laughs> around me was like, I wish I would have sub sooner. But at the end of the day, it didn't make a difference. The subs made zero difference, zero. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Uh, no, nah, I was in ingredients as well. I mean, probably about the 60th, maybe 62nd at the, at the latest. Uh, we should have done some subs. I mean, and, and I know the boys can definitely play in the heat, but uh, you know, it's it's a balance between sticking it out in the heat and getting fresh legs, you know, in, in as early as possible. I mean, not necessarily putting them in at, 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 as the half starts, but, you know, just to get them some more time on the pitch. Uh, without uh, waiting until the 75th, 80th minute or anything like that. So I think that's one thing that towards the end of the season, the uh, coach has gotten better at, but, you know, he'll, he'll still once in a while still try to hold off on the subs. I mean, that, that can, it's a double-edged sword. It, it can help us, but also hinder us. Yeah, that, that's true, right? Because you never know if they're going to work out or not. And sometimes you have a guy in form and then you get subbed out and maybe he's had more energy, right. To contribute to the match. But uh, both of you make a good point with the heat. And that just now raises the question of why didn't we have a hydration break with how hot it was? Shouldn't there have been one at least in the second half? So it all depends on that little, if they had it, you know, they have this little meter you know, this bulb thing we've talked about in the past. And if we didn't bring it or they didn't have it or the fourth official didn't use it or we did use it and it didn't register, you know, we had our, so, okay. I'm going to tell you something that I saw and I don't know that anybody else saw it. It was so hot out there that one of the staff that sits on the sidelines and I didn't, I don't even know who it was. All I know is he was down for the count with ice packs on him. He was already doing heat exhaustion. They had ice packs around his neck. They were hydrating him. He was sitting down in front of a table. So the fans couldn't see him behind. But from where I was sitting, I could see that that a staff person was already suffering. Um, Our athletes are far better trained 
than a staffer unless it's staffs, you know, it's a day at training and he stand this sort of thing. Their hydration is way better. You know, it's like they're, they're really, they're fully trained, let's face it. So, um, but I don't know what the meter, and I know that our medical and our training staff, they're, they're probably watching the meter and it probably didn't register what it needed to register for them to take a hydration break. It's the only explanation that I can come up with is if they, they had the, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's this special device that every team has to determine whether or not they take hydration breaks. Now, it could be that they agreed ahead of the match that it wasn't hot enough. Seriously, it was only 90 degrees, but it felt hotter. I don't mm. know if you guys felt it, but it just felt sticky, yeah. icky. But, you know, 90 degrees is not 100. And it wasn't humid, but it felt humid to all of us. Mm. So, I mean, if I was the if I was in charge, they'd be having orange slices and water. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for soccer mom. I've never been a soccer mom. I've never taken orange. Well, I probably took them for myself, but yeah, I'm not that person. I'm not the orange slice mom because I don't have kids. At, at least bring some of those uh, electrolyte packets. I mean, that you know, you still, that you have them already. You just get, get, get a bottle of water, just dump it in, shake, and, and even those help. I mean, I, I've definitely had my share living out here in Arizona. I mean, 90 degrees, yeah, it's it's warm, but. You figure you're spending excess time out in the elements. I mean, you're not having any shade. You're not getting any breeze. You're really not getting any relief out there. So it could be 90 degrees, 100 degrees, 100, uh, 122. You still got to hydrate, especially the, the fact that the temperature on the pitch is going to be hotter than, say, in the stands or in the surrounding area because th- that heat, it's not escaping. It, it, it's got its path blocked. So it's going to stay more on the field than, rather than dispersed compared to if it was just open field yeah not to mention it was a 2 p.m game right versus the the times when we've had heat but it's more like 8 p.m right 7 p.m where okay it's not going to be too bad or if it's still hot i mean the sun's not out at least right so um exactly that's that's going to make it worse because you have the sun's angle it's it's no longer overhead but uh depending on where where it's positioned yeah, that's that's gonna hit hit your heart. It usually hits harder in the afternoon rather than say if it was in the morning. I mean, like um, in New Jersey, it was afternoon to us. It would have been morning for, for everyone and in California, but you know, those are different weather conditions. Two p.m., three p.m., four p.m. That sun is sitting perfectly to make it even hotter everywhere. So, I mean, I, I certainly do appreciate that they, that they were taking care of that staff member, but. You know, even if it's 90 degrees, you still got to take precaution. Yeah. And they might even reconsider changing those 2 p.m. games for, like you said, even made 12 p.m., right? We've seen games in San Jose and L.A. be at 12 p.m. Or, I mean, if you have to make it a little bit later, it has to be a 7 p.m. game on a Sunday. Like, yeah, let's, let's do that, right? Or 6 p.m. maybe too. But they, they could probably look into that. I'm sure it's probably more on, on USL and timings and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, 2 p.m. is not not the time, especially in Sacramento. Like the fans didn't like it. I think, you know, at the end of the day, everybody probably thought, oh, it'll be later in September. It's October. It'll be cooled off by then. <laughs> well, no, because you never know with the weather in the valley what it's going to be like. Anyhow, moving on from the 2 p.m., moving on from whether or not we had a hydration break, moving on past whether the subs would have made any difference or earlier subs or not, you know, let's talk about some stats that I want to talk about for next week's game, the matchup against um, 
against San Diego. I just did a little digging. San Diego on the road is six, five, and five. Six wins, five draws, five losses. Okay. At home, it's a much they're much better, they're much better team at home. Okay. They're 12, 4, and 1 at home. But the last time we met up with them, they beat us at their home field two to nothing. Okay. So how do we look and what lineup would you guys put in? What what how is next Saturday shaping up for you guys? So I think for me. I would wait until Thursday morning to figure out my lineup. And that's just because New Mexico plays on Wednesday against Los Dos. And if New Mexico loses, then I would put, you know, a lot of players who haven't gotten a lot of minutes, get minutes on Saturday, right? Now, if New Mexico ties and they still have a chance to tie us, right? And then at that point, we need one point against San Diego to claim fourth. Then I put all, all the usual starters, basically all the ones that, started uh yesterday again so yeah i i think it well, depends <laughs> well going on now right right now the only team we we have to worry anything about is the mexico because right now they're sitting at 45 points we have 50 but we have to remember new mexico has two matches in hand we need new mexico to either tie or lose one of those matches i mean if they if they win the other that that's fine they're still gonna be short uh, of us but if they win both of them, then that's uh, us bump down to fifth by one point. So we we need to do our part. I mean, it would be great to to get that tie or to or even better to beat San Diego. But we we've, we've got to be cheering on whoever's playing against uh, New Mexico, which I would like to say is Colorado Springs and one other match. Um, uh, I think LA. Monterey, I believe. LA. Oh, LA. LA, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. Oh, They're... Lord. Come on, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Be Colorado, even though you've already clinched home field advantage and all the other good stuff, you've already done what you need to do. Still continue to be Colorado against New Mexico because New Mexico's gunning for it. Can we wait? And Seriously, Luis, this is the plea. Can we wait until after Wednesday? Like, can we leave? Can we have like two sets of predictions? So wait, so this is going to sound really, really strange. And I'm hoping to goodness I can be on the pod on Friday if we're going to do the live show. So so we have one set of predictions based on what New Mexico does, you know, on Wednesday, <laughs> you know, or, or not, or thinking that we're going to be playing, a, we're going to be playing our sturdy players, you know, our whatever's. And that we're not just like Jared said, you know, start whoever, because we, it all depends on what happens to New Mexico. It's kind mm. of so. I mean, can we have like, oh man, this is not fair. I don't want to. I don't want to be making a prediction, and then it's like, oh man, dang. Yeah, because there, what if we, there's <sighs> there's so many variables. I mean, uh, with the fact. But then again, New Mexico's been having a lot of matches rescheduled uh, this season, I've noticed. I mean, granted, I, I know last week's uh, was rescheduled because of, the, because of the, the monsoon that they had over Albuquerque, which is separate from what was being experienced in Tucson. But they had more than one match just you know, rescheduled either later <laughs> in the week or a month later or something like that. And I think that's, that's another thing that some teams, especially Phoenix, have been totally upset about that. They, that's New Mexico and other teams have been, oh, yeah, we'll go ahead and get you rescheduled. Phoenix, nope, mm -mm, you're playing. So I think it's that, that's definitely playing well. I mean, because I think if 
if these matches hadn't been rescheduled, then New Mexico would have already been done with their regular season or at least just have the one match left. So that's definitely going to be a, a big factor in all this this week. All right, Luis, you're kind of the runner. You run the show. Can we make multiple predictions, please, Dad, please, based on New Mexico winning on Wednesday versus Mexico losing or tying on Wednesday? Can we have more than one prediction? All right, I'm going to make an exception because it's the last game of the season, too. And it'll be just kind of funny just to see how you guys change it. Maybe you change it. Maybe you don't change it. Well, and same with you. I mean, let's just pretend Mexico, New Mexico wins on on Wednesday. You know, that's scary for us because we have no idea what they're going to do on Saturday. So we've got to, you know, we've got to do either a tie or I mean, it's like you it the mentality. I know Mark Briggs will put a strong team on the field regardless, but like Jared said, you know, you could start whoever, you know, if New Mexico loses, then it's not as big of a deal. We're still in fourth place. So, yeah. And and granted, <sighs> it won't make much of a difference to get the, the three points either way, because in the East, Miami has 52 points and then Pittsburgh, Detroit, they have 54 points. So not like we'll go up in the overall standing. So. Yeah, it's not really much there. But at the same time, like you said, coach, we'll probably still put the strongest team because you want the team to get some momentum heading into playoffs, right? Especially if we're going to be hosting the match. So it's a little tricky now that I think about it because it's got its pros and cons, (laughs) whatever, right? Because it's the last game. You got to start strong. It's not like mid-season or anything. So yeah, but for the (laughs) For the chicken dinner winner, dude, or whatever it's called, um, you're all you're ahead of us, so we need to go deep into playoffs. So it's like <laughs> for Jared and I to even come close to catching up, we have to kind of go really deep. So, you know, team, if anybody from the team or you know, the front office or anybody's listening, we really need to ensure that the playoffs go very far. And, you know, all the way to championships so that Jared and I can catch up and beat Luis. And me. so then, me, you know, because the hot chip challenge or whatever, it's happening. I don't know if it's happening, but, you know, we nobody wants to lose this dinner winner podcast thing that we've got going on. No one wants to lose it. OK, well, I'm, I'm going to propose something for this last game. I know we usually say three things, but I want to add a fourth category, which team scores first. OK. I like that one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have four instead of three. And of course, playoff game. We know there will be basically all the open cup categories that we had. So. Okay. All right. So, so instead of picking two different, we just had a fourth category. How about, all right. I, I'm fine with not having two different permutations or whatever for whether or not New Mexico wins on Wednesday or not. I'm, I, I can resign myself to knowing that, It'll be a strong squad no matter what. Um, predictions are predictions. We're all in the same boat. So just one set of predictions and cross my fingers. Okay. So what are our standings right now, Luis? Who, where are we with the points? So right now, um, in, in the last matchup, right, uh, against Pittsburgh Riverhounds, a, a strange phenomenon happened that has never happened before in this competition where each of us got a point in different categories, right? So Sharon, you guessed 1-1. One, one. Jared said that Pittsburgh would be getting the first yellow. And I said that Roro would be scoring first. <laughs> so 
we didn't even know it, right? But we all had basically the game pieced up and we didn't know it. Someone could have gone three points right there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And I I think I had, did I row as my backup? Yes, I did. Yeah, you had him as your backup, yeah. So <clears throat> Keiko had a start. If Keiko would have been injured, you would have gotten two points. <laughs> but and Keiko yeah. almost got that goal if it didn't get called outside. Oh my god! Well, that's true. Good Keiko's point. Really, still really like him. I know some people. You know, whatever. Everybody has their favorites, right? We all have our favorites. But I'm not picking him. I am not picking <laughs> him as a goal scorer. Go figure. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's interesting too. Well, I'm glad that you know we're mentioning Keiko because. If anyone isn't aware, he's he's actually now opened his Instagram. So if y'all want to go follow him, it's Keiko underscore G-O-N-T-A-N-N. Keiko Gontan. That's what two ends right there. So go give him a follow. He just opened his Instagram. So uh, yep, I, did, I started about following him uh, yesterday. Yep. Oh, nice. Well, he has an yeah. old Instagram account that he doesn't maintain anymore from when he was playing in I don't know, Malaga. Malaga, maybe, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to see him with this other account. Yeah. And shout out to Dami, because that's how I found out he, he had an account too. And yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to go first in my prediction because I have it all written down. If you guys want, you guys want me to proceed with that? Yep. Go ahead, sir. My thumb is up, and that's not an indication of anything, but my thumb is up. <laughs> all right. So. I actually say we tie 1-1 again. I think it's going to be a tough game against San Diego, even though San Diego's already you know, secured second place. Um, they'll still want to move up in the overall standings and you know, see if they could top Tampa Bay Rowdies. I mean, it looks unlikely, but you never know. If uh, Tampa Bay loses their next two or ties one and loses another one, then they could probably um, beat them in the overall standings there. So... I think that's that. And I see Keiko actually getting the first goal. And if he's not there, then I see Luther getting the goal. I think Sac Republic gets the first yellow card. And I think San Diego is the first team to score. This is going to sound really weird, but I wrote mine down. I also come to a 1-1 tie. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Sac getting the first yellow. I was all over the map on my goal scorers, but I'm actually going with Luis Felipe. He's overdue. And if he is not in the lineup, then I'm going with Roro. And I also, I think we score first. I think Luis Felipe is going to slot one in. Okay, nice. So me and you might get two points then because we have two Mm -hmm. similar ones there. All right. What about you, Jared? I am going to say a 2-2 draw. Uh, First to score, I'm going to say Luther. And if he's not available or isn't playing, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Luis Felipe as my backup. And then as far as who scores first, I'm going to say San Diego scores first. Yeah, San Diego for, for the first yellow. Ooh, okay, all right. So this is going to be interesting too. So I think opposite, basically opposite predictions than what Sharon says. So this match could determine the hot chili pepper challenge or no, what do we call it? The hot chip challenge no 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 no. we still have playoffs no 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 this match might not determine anything there's playoffs so yeah i mean anything can happen right i might end up in the last two we never know there could be a comeback now that we have four categories if there are goals in this match 
there will be points and there will be yellow cards. I mean, it, it's very highly unlikely there's a game with no yellow cards. So there will be points to be given out in this game. Two points, at least. And one of us might get the two points. So, yeah. And we it. all have different combinations, too, by the way. So someone is going to get two points, at least out of this whole who gets the first card and first team to score. So y'all are probably like, we should have probably had this category. <laughs> A while back, but hey, we could have even added corner kicks to it, you know. Um, like who who you know who gets the which team gets the first corner kick. Um, and if you saw, I think it wasn't just Roro that was making corner kicks. I think Kecko took a couple yesterday, right? Didn't Kecko? So. Yeah, I I think he did, yeah. Yeah, so oh, and by the way, Nick Ross, um, the reason why he wasn't on the roster yesterday. He called the coach in the morning and saying, my wife is in labor. So, so oh. that's why he wasn't on the roster. Yeah. Oh, so man. I'm keeping an eye on his account right now to see, you know, he if he and also his wife, Adriana, you know, just trying to see if there's been a baby yet. <laughs> so well, now that we talk about players who weren't there, do you know where um, Emil was at? No. And just. Deshaun, I, I saw him, I, you know, honestly, don't know. I, I didn't see Emil when I saw Deshaun. I saw Deshaun, um, you know, sitting and having a bite. I did see Lee Desmond. He was happy as a clam. And it's like, <laughs> those pain meds must be really good because you're happy. And okay, we're good. He was, he was such a funny guy. Just happy. You know, he's taking it all in stride. Yeah. And uh, another guy that we'll have to like look into what his situation is, is uh, Mario Penagos, right? Uh, I thought we would at least see him in the bench now that he's back, right? Yeah. I think he was, Mm -hmm. I think I saw him in one of the training videos, you know, so, so he's, you know, he's definitely training with the squad. Um, Yeah. Pretty cool. We'll see. We'll see what unfolds. You know, Mario is going to be really good for us all the way down the road. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that are going to be doing some time with the Republic as, you know, as their life and as their careers expand, we'll either get them back or, you know, we'll see them do really good things like um, uh, Geo Aguilar, you know, playing for mm. British Columbia or whatever. Vancouver, Whitecaps too. Yeah. The Whitecaps, yep. um, you know, he's, he's good. So. Or, or like so many other uh, Republic FC alumni end up being a, uh, unofficial shirtless models like we've had in the past and they've progressed i mean not not just mike defog but uh quite a few others it turns out i mean it seems like you put on the republic fc kit and then all of a sudden boom you're on the cover of gq or could qualify for being on the cover of gq it's so funny you guys remember me talking about meg reyes you know uh she's she's an influencer and she's like a she's a marketing she's 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 also a uh, runs a couple shows. She's a, a, a budding broadcaster kind of a person. Well, she also has helped um, a couple of our guys get going on uh, also being influencers and getting free products. So she's working with Luis Felipe, uh, I think is one of her, her clients and um, Carlton Belmar KB. And it's interesting because they get free, free stuff all the time. And and there's a there's she's she's solid. So if anybody uh, kind of a little bit of a late thanks to her, she, you know, people are doing good. You know, they're 
shirtless models for all I care, you know, whatever, but check her out on Instagram, give her a follow. She's, um, she's a rising star. She's a shooting star. She's one of those got to watch Meg Reyes. Cause I think she knows her business, Luis. She's in the business of creating uh, content, um, and promoting and elevating different aspects of the game, um, especially in women's sports, women's soccer. So you guys, you know, give give her a follow on Instagram. She's she's incredible. You can find her using my account or whatever, but it's Meg Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S, and she's amazing. Her content is fun. And she features her dog a lot. So, Jared, you'd love that. Oh, there, there we go. So, yeah, now I'm going to have to follow her. <laughs> her dog's so... name, of all things, is French Beignet. And it's like, oh, quit saying the name Beignet because you make me want to have a Beignet. Yeah. Oh, that sounds that sounds good. Yeah. Here we go. Food. <laughs> food. We're back to food. We have this is the that was the first mention of. No, it wasn't. You talked about food, Jared, when you talked about you and Scott getting your food when it was pouring rain or just before pouring rain. So there's always food going yeah. on here. I'm just so glad to be able to, to finally get Scott into some Arizona traditions. Like uh, when it wasn't raining, uh, I got his first EGs, which uh, is, is big in Tucson. They're finally coming back to Phoenix. EGs are basically like a, uh, they, they have hot food, but they also have what's called an EG. It's a, it's a frozen drink that at first it's a slush, but then over time it starts to take on like a smoothie texture. It's it's, it's real weird to, to describe it. You have to have one in person. So if y'all want to do a road trip to Tucson uh, next season, you know, the Sea of Fuego, uh, play FC Tucson, you know, I'm more than welcome. But um, yeah, as far as the food goes, yeah, we were all stuck about the Sonoran hot dog that I had gotten, which actually was pretty good from, from the little food truck there. And then uh, Scott had also gotten the uh, quesabiria uh, from the same from the same truck as well. So thankfully, we had something before we got dumped on food. We will have to do an off season. Um, we'll have to do one episode off season where a lot of it is just focused on food of the different places that we've been to when we've traveled with the club or for the club or something like that. You know, or for our soccer matches. It'd be fun to get Scott Bradford on, you know, because he's gone down to Fresno and he's, you know, gone down to see the Fuego a few times. And Luis, I don't know mm-hmm. if you eat when you go and watch mm-hmm. Turlock play. Oh, yeah. I got some good recommendations in Turlock and Fresno as well. Even before the Fuego was around, I, I was going up there as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be we good. Should, we yeah. should literally just get William Lamb's list of food. <laughs> literally. Anywhere he goes, if he's watched a game just follow the man, you know, from getting a bowl of noodles to a breakfast. That's like watching his feed either makes me hungry, makes me want to go dancing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. He's, he's the character, man. The things that he does, how does he have time to do all that? I think he's got a clone. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah. It's not going to surprise me if sometime during the offseason, if we end up doing a, a live town hall slash mukbang, you know, just each of us, you know, getting something local and just eating it during, during the live town hall or something like that. And, and I will say for December 3rd, I'm actually heading down to Los Angeles for a Kings Clippers game. With the left time I have, I definitely want to hit up Little Tokyo. So definitely look for, for some pictures around December 3rd on, on Saturday. So. 
but that's further down the road. Nice. Yeah. You know, I like the idea of doing a food live show and I was actually eating something that you bought from a local spot, right? Let's limit it to local support, local restaurants. So yeah, we could, we could plan that out and see who, who else wants to join us too and, and whatnot. But speaking of live shows, um, we are going to be doing the town hall. It's been a while I think, since we've done one. And so uh, that'll happen this Friday, October 14th, uh, to preview the game against San Diego Loyal on Saturday. So uh, time will be 7 p.m. So feel free to uh, tune in again. We do those on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us at State Republic 12 on Facebook and Twitter. And also follow us on Instagram. Same username there. but. The live shows only happen on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So go ahead, check it out. And, uh, you know, if you want to get the link to the YouTube page, then uh, follow us on social so you can see when uh, that'll be going on. So I would say the town hall is going to be 7 p.m. I would add ISH after that, ish. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Because we don't always start on time. I think we've only started like once on time but yeah so yeah 7 p.m ish yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that embarks the whole hour run, i would say we run on turner time for those of us that uh might, might be a little bit longer to tooth that remember when tbs used to start shows at five or 35 after the hour instead of seven o'clock instead of o'clock or 30 after but we we go past that sometimes so we'll we'll think of some kind of term for it <laughs> all right sounds yeah. good that's about right um one more mention too since we mentioned uh central valley fuego they are going to also be playing on saturday their last regular season away game at union omaha that team you know that did the open cup history as well it's going to be at again 2 p.m on saturday and so if you want to watch it check it out it would probably be a good uh game to um view as, as you get ready for the game at 7 p.m at sac so check it out uh, Fuego still has a slight chance of making it to playoffs. I mean, they really depend on Charlotte Independence not getting any of the points uh, to be able to be above them in the table. And of course, Fuego gain the win. So we'll see what happens on, on that side. But hopefully they're able to clinch a playoff spot at the last minute and, you know, make it there. But if not, I mean, they've done pretty good for it being their first season. Never an easy thing to do. So... All right. Well, we saw Podcast Cat make a quick appearance there. I was hoping to hear like a meow, but I guess I guess he's not going to make a, a noise today. But he made an appearance, although all y'all didn't see him, but we saw him here. So that still counts. <laughs> all right. Sharon, Jared, any uh, last final comments before we say goodnight? Get a point or three. Let's go sack. New Mexico, I will gladly buy a, buy a pound of uh, hatch green chilies if y'all would either tie or lose one of these next few matches. Do, uh, do, our, do your neighbor a solid and go Republic. Well, I say the same thing too. Hopefully we see New Mexico uh, not get the win. At the very least get a tie. So that way uh, we don't have that much pressure of getting three points on, on Saturday, which they should still get the three points. But, you know, it's going to be a chaotic game if if we have to get the win but i still think new mexico is going to get the win sadly because los dos has nothing to play for at this point (laughs) awesome well everyone again thank you so much for listening to us tonight and we'll see you next week here on state of the republic podcast oh 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cue the music. Waking up. I was reading about VPN. Sorry. <laughs> the best part of waking up is bulges in your cup. Or Dutch Brothers. Oh my God. I had such insomnia last night. I'm amazed that I'm still even functioning right now. So. <laughs> Whatever. What was wrong about the first one? I was recording to the cloud. I was like, no, oh. I want to record to the computer, not the, <laughs> yeah, not it. the cloud, because we could lose the cloud, especially because we don't have any clouds here in California. Just crazy heat. <laughs> uh, I've already had enough encounters with with the clouds uh, for one uh, monsoon last Wednesday. Oh, oh yeah. 